You're listening to Music Tectonics. Hey everyone, welcome back to Music Tectonics, the podcast that goes beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host, Tristra Newyer Yeager, Chief Strategy Officer at Rock, Paper, Scissors, the music tech PR firm. For this episode, we're continuing our very, very informal exploration of the intersection of music, tech, and wellness, and talking to Mani Singh of Weave Music. Mani is lead engineer there, using his extensive background in building apps and other cool things, most recently an app that knits AI and better running training together called Magic Run, and we'll talk about that in a second. Though Magic Run isn't connected directly to music at the moment, its predecessor, Weave Run, featured adaptive music for runners. And we'll get to talk to Mani a bit about his experience building that product. So, hi Mani, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So, first off, what do you usually say if you're explaining what you do to people outside of tech? Like if you run into someone at a coffee shop or um, at a dinner party, how do you explain what you do? Um, it depends on the current product I'm building, but uh-huh. at the moment I tell people I make a running app um, to make running easier. Um, I really want to take the guesswork out of your running. So when you open your phone and you're like all motivated to go out, what you're going to do, you kind of have an answer. Um, and I think a lot of the times people feel lost on kind of the workout they should execute. And we're trying to take as many factors into account as possible based on what you did last week you know, how many steps you've taken, what time of the day it is and all these things and kind of eventually craft you the perfect running workout for now. That's really awesome. Now I've had a chance to use Magic Run a little bit, but I didn't realize that were all those inputs going into it. So, you know, is it cool? Can can we talk about We Run a little bit? I know there had that was a really, really neat product um, with a beautiful concept behind it, one I really appreciated personally. Um but I know it. You, there were some moments there, um, and you've pivoted away from it. Can you give us a quick and simple overview of what the role that music played in Weave Run? Yeah, so at Weave, we've been creating um, adaptive music technology for about seven and a half, eight years now. Um, we started off by creating an adaptive music engine that could take stems, which are like the building blocks of recorded mm-hmm. music, and uh, publish them using our uh, production tool and you could attach alternative stems to it so whenever a different input signal came in let's say like your steps per minute or the change in energy or intensity we could um at the most basic level um switch out the stems that were playing essentially creating a remix of the song and we did this all in real time so in weave run which was our first product that we launched uh, which is a full featured running app in the us app store um, there's about 600 songs in there for from record labels like Sony, Warner, and a handful of indies where our music engine inside the app will remix the song based on your running cadence. So every time your foot hits the ground, the beat will match your feet. And we started playing with intensity of the song, the intensity of the remix, and music just kind of lends itself to this um, rhythmic activities that, like fitness, especially things mm-hmm. like cycling and, and running. So that's where we started. So when you were thinking about adaptive music back in the day, when you're first starting to work on this engine, what were, how, how did you go about explaining that model to people in the music business? That must have been a complicated conversation. So that was really, really hard. Um, and, it, and it still is because adaptive music is so 
flexible is such a broad term, um, but two challenges we had was how do you explain adaptive music? And then how do you explain to people that, hey, we actually don't want them to produce records anymore. Mm -hmm. We want them to produce recipes. And I'll explain that in a second. So adaptive music has been around for a long time. Um, Video games have had adaptive music since basically video games have had sound where, you know, things you were doing in a video game will change what will happen. And we wanted to bring that um, to real life human experiences. And that's where we kind of started. Um, And our approach to doing that was to not use generative AI, but instead build the tools that allows producers to write the recipe for how a song should be performed when it's being listened to. And so that recipe with, you know, a bunch of alternative stems um, goes into this music engine um, that works across all platforms. And a developer could then take that and attach it to your running or attach it to your cycling or attach it to, you know, a fitness activity or a video game. Mm -hmm. And so we experimented a lot in digital fitness using that. We did some projects with um, Peloton and Red Bull, uh, which was kind of exciting. Peloton became one of our investors eventually. Um, But the challenge that we kept running into was trying to convince um, the recorded music industry that they might not have control over the final master that gets played Mm -hmm. to the user, Mm -hmm. which was a completely new concept. um, Because, you know, once you, you know, once you bounce out a final master, you kind of know exactly how it's going to sound every single time. And we were saying, well, hold on a second. How about we put together a recipe so that it's a performance for the user in real time? That is so interesting. I think you've, you stumbled into one of the lesser discussed but more important aspects of uh, of recorded music copyright whatever i mean people focus on the commercial side but they're like oh you know the people are violating copyright and the artists aren't getting paid of course that matters to people but what matters a lot to artists and producers is control right and and in some ways you're asking them to see their control slightly differently or think about music in a way where they don't have immediate or, or, or sort of like the final locked control, though they can obviously control the inputs and um, could play with the recipe, right? So that's a that's a really delicate moment that you were, or, or sort of a, how should I say it? You're trying to thread the eye of the needle in, in a way that I see, could imagine um, would lead to some some long convincing, <laughs> right? Some some difficult meetings how so but you know you guys did pull it off and you do have a catalog of songs or of of tracks that people can adapt to their activity based on your experience what advice would you give startups today or engineers who are looking to make something that involves recorded music that is a new use case um what do you wish you'd known as you started on this journey i think we went through so many um you know, firsts in the industry. Um, you know, we were one of the first to kind of essentially push labels to treat stems as a product in itself. Um, and they hadn't really considered it. We were the first to kind of integrate, I think, with DDEX feeds to receive stems instead of masters and things like that. Um, it's a little bit different now. And I think we're seeing the shift in the industry around um, them being more flexible. Um, to alternative revenue streams. And it might be partly because um, streaming is getting squeezed and, mm-hmm. um, you know, revenue per stream is on the decline. Um, but anybody who's coming into this sector um, know that it is 
it is always going to be a challenge and you might not get the songs that you really want for your product. Mm. But we are seeing, you know, a push from uh, Warner who've been really um, kind of championing and building out um, services. And I think Warner is partnered with a company that I can't remember the name of where you can just go and kind of license a huge catalog of their music. Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's part of Feed FM and they allow people to play around. I mean, it's more than like just a little sandbox where you can only have like like two tracks to play with, but it's a it's a limited catalog but it's big enough to really have some fun with. But yeah, that they, they have created a a space for developers, which is really cool. And we'll put that in the show notes everyone. Yeah, the challenge actually with Feed FM and um so there's Licensing is a huge issue yeah, um, yeah. Or, or a challenge, let's say. And uh, you don't necessarily get um, the kind of licenses you want as a developer of a new product. Um, I think, I don't know how much people in your audience know about music licensing, but... Uh, probably more I... than almost any other podcast audience. So you can you can feel free to get into the weeds if you'd like. Yeah, so, so so one of the reasons why we are our we run app is US only is because um, although we were able to clear masters worldwide for majority of our catalog, we kept running into publishing issues, um, you know, across all these jurisdictions, and that's just a thing that's really really hard to scale. Um, so if you're mm-hmm. going to build a global product, you need to make sure you have a catalog that you're happy with that you can clear globally, um, and I think it's going to get easier. And there are going to be automated services to help you to kind of achieve that. Um, but that was, that was a big pain point for us. For uh, Basically, our hands were tied. We couldn't, we couldn't you know, launch our product anywhere else. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's one. The second is um, radio licensing versus hmm. what we were trying to do. Um, so a lot of what the industry had seen at the time was um, you know, radio licensing. Anybody who had a service would just get a feed feed.fm kind of integration and you would mm-hmm. just get a bunch of songs. Uh, but we wanted our users to be able to pick the music that they listen to in the order that they listen to, um, which had technical issues. So our songs are really good at remixing into each other. So if you were out running, they mm-hmm. seamlessly to go from one to the next. Nice. Um, so we put a lot of effort into making that work. But also um, it kind of shifted um, how we had to think about licensing. Um, and that was um, that was another challenge that we had to get over. So I think it'd be, it'd be useful to have somebody who understands licensing so you're not going into this completely blind. And we spent a lot of time and resources learning from the inside out. Yeah. And there are lessons you're like, I don't know why I have to learn this, but I've got to learn it. And this is it's a it can be a very um, difficult learning process. Um, that's that's amazing, though. Thank you for being so uh, forthcoming with your experience. I think that's great advice. So we're going to talk a little bit more about Magic Run in just a second. But first, we're going to have a little break. Startups start your engines. Our next seismic activity online event is for you. We're gathering investors and music tech startup founders to share tips on fundraising, working with music industry partners, and more. RSVP for free at musictectonics.com and join us July 12th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You'll meet investors who are tracking the music tech startup landscape and get their insights on succeeding in these tumultuous times for tech. 
You'll learn from startup founders and past winners of Swimming with Narwhals, Music Tectonics' own startup pitch competition. Jaquel Amancona Horton, founder of Fave, Zan Schwinn, founder of Bia, and Jessica Powell, founder of Audio Shake. The 2023 edition of our Swimming with Narwhals pitch competition is about to launch, so event attendees will find out what to expect this year. Why Narwhals? Our pitch competition mascot is a real one-horned mammal, sometimes called the unicorn whale. No shark tanks at Music Tectonics. Our competition and our conference are designed to be welcoming and mutually supportive for music innovation startups. Be there July 12th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Dive in and RSVP for this free online event at musictectonics.com. We're back. So, Mani, you, thank you so much again for sharing your experience um, working with the music industry. At the moment, you're not having to do that particular, uh, that particular work. You've pivoted away with Magic Run. Um, tell us a bit about how you decided to create a virtual running coach as your next project, because it's pretty intriguing. Yeah, so w- while we were working on Weave Run, sort of the previous iteration of this running app, um, we invented um, the adaptive running workouts. So we're all about adaptive audio experiences because I'm a firm believer of um, augmented reality being um, an auditory experience instead of a visual one. Cause, cause Absolutely. It's restrictive. Yeah. Um, so it's, so it kind of, it can kind of slot into your life um, way easier and better. Um, so we invented adaptive workouts where um, we took human voice um, and and we were able to stitch together in real time to give you real time feedback. Um, and so it was essentially a podcast that was like generated for you kind of thing um, while you were out running. And we put out, I think, a dozen or so of these workouts that we've run. But um, while we were trying to think of, you know, what happens with our products that were out there, we, we sort of stumbled upon this idea that, okay, what if we took the adaptive workouts that we had sort of invented for this before we run um, and scale them um, where we would own all the content and have similar sort of goals that we did for our music uh, where we want to deliver personalized experiences. But this time we don't have the content licensing restrictions or, you know, market restrictions or anything like that. So we have a voice. Uh, we work with Kelly Roberts, um, who's a running coach and, um, you know, running celebrity, I would say. You can find her on all our socials. So we, we mm-hmm. use her voice and we pair that with um, her personality. And so we're training um, AI models to essentially generate a script, like a podcast mm-hmm. um, for you uh, based on your running goals and the running plan you're going to execute and then have that be read out in her voice. And it will read out your real-time stats and, you know, tell you that maybe you should wear sunscreen today before heading out. Um, <laughs> That's cool. The UV light. But it's really just, um, you want a friendly um, coach. And I think with the kind of um, state of the art um, of AI, we're finally at a point where we can do that at scale for every individual runner who comes in. I found it really interesting how you struck a balance. I've, having used Magic Run a, a little bit, um, you struck a good balance uh, between, you know, having the, co- the the coach, quote unquote, present 
in your ears and just giving the person time to like just run, right? Especially if you're doing sprints, the last thing you want to hear is somebody going, come on, go, 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 go. You're just like, ah, just let me suffer through the next 90 seconds or whatever. Um, So how did you find that right balance? Like, was it just experimentation or I mean, how, how'd you go about homing in on that? Yeah, so I, I'm a huge champion of um, using your own products. Um, <laughs> so while we were building, we run our whole team got deeply into running. I think between us, we ran like 20 half marathons and like wow. a, hand, a handful of full marathons. And so we went through the, you know, 16, 20 week training programs to really understand what it is that people want uh, or what it is that we want. Uh, and when do we feel the most lost and when is the right time you know, to have the right information? What kind of feedback do we want? And it's a continuous process. Um, so I, I, you know, I run, I, well, I started running again after sort of a two year COVID break. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, I was the first user of magic run and, and, um, and everything that we put on magic run is either directly requested by our testers or is something that I really, really want. Um, so I think last week we launched our Apple watch app, which means now you can put away your phone. Um, and so you get all the feedback of, um, how much time you have left both in your ears, but also on your wrist. Um, so you know, what's upcoming and things like that. Um, on next week's update, um, we're going to, um, launch open warmups, which is something that people have been requesting for oh, a nice. long time. So our AI generates currently the right length of the warm up based on the workout that it creates for you. But a lot of the people like to do, do some sort of a warm up and then do stretches and whatnot. And so now you'll be able to kind of do that and then go do your intervals. And then we really want to tap into, um, as you're, as you're, as you're probably aware of, if you're a user of magic run, um, that, um, the voice input and audio feedback. So mm-hmm. in Magic Run, you can request a workout by just speaking to it. Um, and eventually, um, you'll be able to record um, how you felt during a run without having to, like, write down your notes. Because I do some of my best thinking while, like, you know, after having run, like, five miles or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I have, like, all these ideas pouring in and I have nowhere to record them. And now you can kind of record all of that. Um, in Magic Run and categorize it and see how you progress. That's really cool. And I can imagine, I mean, this is kind of messed up for work-life balance, but for someone who's also a, a massive user of things like Slack, and I often Slack myself really weird ideas just to keep track of them. Um, you know, I could see you could have a little integration here and there with other places to keep notes. So to capture those moments where you're having that amazing feeling post-run and you're like, oh yeah, we need to have a cat symphony. That's what we need to do or whatever. Um, say that anyone who wants to have a cat symphony can use that idea, by the way. Um, all right. That's, this is really interesting. Now I, I realize money, you and I are talking as people who enjoy running and working out. Maybe we want to say just for a second, why, you know, for, for non-runners, this may seem a little baffling. Like, don't you just like go and run, <laughs> but there's actually many different ways you can progress as a runner, whether you're focusing on endurance or speed and you can do fun things like sprint for the 90 seconds and then have a recovery period. So in some ways, keeping all this uh, in your head while you're trying to run really fast is really difficult. So um, do you want to just give us a little bit of an overview of the kinds of workouts that you've seen users enjoy so far? Yeah. So running can be really, 
it can take a lot of motivation to get up and go for a run. Yeah. And it, it can be really hard. I totally understand that. Um, I think if you're a beginner runner, um, you know, if you're just getting out there doing your walk run kind of cycles, you're already a runner, right? Like that's how we think about mm-hmm. it. Um, you don't, you don't have to do like a half marathon every week to consider, consider yourself a runner <laughs> and running is um, the easiest sport to get into. Um, and, and, you know, it has a long way to go and a really supporting community. Like I've never seen a sport where, you know, 50,000 people show up and everybody gets a medal. Like that just never happens. Um, so, and so at, we've seen people, you know, execute um, the usual kind of like tempo runs and um, pace training and things like that within our, um, within our app. But also we can generate fun, fun intervals that um, other training programs can't do. I don't know how beneficial they are if you're training for like a <laughs> particular race and you, you have an instructor telling you to do specific things. Mm-hmm. But because we can ma- mix and match intervals that are like, you know, um, 90 seconds or 400 meters or whatever, um, and it, it can be a lot of fun. Um, and with our audio coach, it's always in your ear. Um, so you can listen to your own podcast or music, but um, the audio coach will come in and tell you, you know, you're almost there. And it, actually, we increase the amount of motivation you get as you get closer to the end of your workout, because that's where we know that you might be, you know, need that extra little push. Amazing. Thanks. I think that'll help people who have yet to to try running or who uh, may never want to try running understand sort of the, the the basics of why Magic Run is really interesting. So can you give us a layperson's understanding of how the AI behind Magic Run works? How would you explain it to, to uh, an educated but somewhat um, lost layperson? Yeah, so we're trying to think of it as three separate um, goals that we need to accomplish and get good at. One is what is the workout that you should do today? And you can go hire a running coach and that they can solve that problem for you. But I think we can take data from, you know, your health, uh, Apple Health or whatever, and really see what, what your stats have been over the last, let's say, 90 days and give you the right thing at the right time. Um, so it takes the guesswork out of what is the thing I should do today. Um, the second thing we're doing is uh, making sure that we say to you the right things at the right time, um, which might be that you're, you know, you've got, you've got 30 seconds left in this interval or count you in and just count you out um, and tell you um, little things like the sunscreen thing. I really need that. Like I, I need that all the time. Um, I step out and I'm like, it's really hot and I need sunscreen. I live in Europe, so it's... Um, it is, it's a huge problem here. And, and I really, I keep laughing because it's like the very thing that I always forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and so you don't want you don't want to feel that working out is like a tedious activity um so you have this like almost an assistant that will tell you okay here's like your checklist that you that you got to get done or um you know maybe today um if you're running a five mile you can try a new course um, and things like that so i think all these things will get introduced and the third thing is um turning that text into voice um and i think we, we I think we're seeing a lot of um, like voice-based products coming out and a lot of like chat-based products coming out. Um, And we're finally at a point where computer-generated voice sound like human-generated voice Mm -hmm. and we can train custom models. So we're experimenting with 
um, using human trainer voices and training a model so that when that full package of these three goals is delivered to you, you feel like you have that personal coach with you all the time. It's definitely more motivating than um, a, a glitchy, strange robotic voice. So that could be fun too. All right, we're going to take another quick break and then we're going to talk more generally about apps and fitness. Dimitri here. We interrupt this podcast with this breaking news alert. Actually, the news cycle of the music industry and innovation in particular is accelerating at such a fast pace that there are several breaking announcements. So many, we can't fit them all into this news break. That's why I launched Rock Paper Scanner, a free newsletter you can get in your inbox every Friday morning. Check out bit.ly slash RP Scanner. I scan hundreds of outlets for you from the music trades to the tech blogs, from the music gear mag, to lifestyle outlets so you don't have to. I handpick everything music tech, including industry revenue numbers, AI, cool new user tools, the live music landscape, recording landscape, partnerships, acquisitions, everything else a Music Tectonics podcast listener would want to know. Open a browser right now and punch in bit.ly slash rpscanner and sign up right now. Go ahead, hit pause and go to bit.ly slash rpscanner or find this episode's blog post on musictectonics.com and find that link. Happy scanning, uh, but for now, happy listening. Okay, we're back here with Mani Singh of Weave Music and Magic Run. So Mani, what are some of the biggest challenges to your mind in building compelling apps for fitness? Speaking more generally, we talked a lot of detail about running in particular, but what are some things you think people need to keep in mind as they approach the problem of how do I build a good app for fitness purposes? I think fitness is an interesting space to be in because you're usually trying to motivate people to do a thing that's good for them, but they're just super reluctant to do it. Like I'm not motivated to get up and go for a run all the time, but then I look at it and I go like, uh, you know, I've been sitting all day. Maybe I should like take a walk or whatever. Um, and habit building in fitness is, is basically the most important thing. And over like the last 50 years, um, the innovation in fitness has come from, besides what, you know, the academia has kind of learned about how mm-hmm. fitness should be delivered, um, the, the sort of the consumer products in fitness have always been about making it more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think for an amateur, um, you know, let's say runner, um, it should be about making it more fun and just providing you with all the help you need to get you to your goal. Um, and so that's why I think personalized fitness, uh, and we're going to see a new era of personalized fitness happen over the next decade, uh, which is going to be super exciting. Um, and I think the platforms that have lots of content right now, who put a lot of effort into producing content, mm-hmm. um, are just not able to scale it and personalize it to the level that apps like ours might be able to. Um, and I think that's going to be a challenge for them to solve on how do they get you know, individual how do they target users and help them achieve their individual goals? Um, and I think there's lots of opportunity to build personalized fitness experiences now. I, yeah, that's such a cool point. And, you know, what always intrigued me about We've Run from the beginning was this sort of adaptive and, and personalized um, version of music that it created. And so let's think a little bit more generally, though. What do you think the future of AI personalization looks like? How will apps like yours that help people customize their workouts and goals and just 
figure out what they want to do on their next run evolve in the foreseeable future? How, sort of where are we going with all this? I think, oh, this is an interesting question. I, <laughs> I try. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think things start to really work when um, they integrate with each other. Um, mm. So your your work on app will tell you what to do based on um, maybe what you ate in the last week, right? Like you go on a vacation for a week and you everything goes out of the door. Your, your daily you ice back. cream habit means you definitely need to go for a half hour run today, my friend, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but but one, one of the other things that um, we're experimenting with um, and that I'm personally super interested in is how do we balance scheduling of fitness? Interesting. Um, so so we're, we're, we're experimenting with uh, looking at your calendar and um, finding you the right slot and then telling you, hey, maybe you got an hour there so you can squeeze in a half hour run. I love because it. It'll take you it will take you like 15 minutes to shower. Afterwards yeah, or yeah, whatever. yeah. Um, and I think all and so we really need to make sure that all these tools work together um, mm-hmm. and are able to, like, help make your life overall better. Um, and I think. And I think so all these siloed apps and all these platforms that have, you know, they do one thing really, really well mm-hmm. are going to have to start partnering with other platforms to help make sure that the person um, gets the best experience. That idea of scheduling is really intriguing. And, uh, you know, it, it's been a long time, you know, piece of advice I've seen floating around, just like, you know, make sure to get it in or schedule it, put it in your calendar. Um, but if it if your app did that for you, that would be pretty slick. Yeah, and, it, and it's something that, you know, is technically already possible. And, yeah, I, yeah. and um, it's on our roadmap. Um, so oh, you'll nice. eventually see it in Magic Run. Um, it's on our roadmap along with training plans. So as we start to roll out sort of um, eight to 16-week training plans, mm-hmm. uh, we'll also work in scheduling. Amazing. So are there other apps or ideas or products out there that you find really intriguing? Could be in fitness or wellness or could be totally beyond that. Um, what kind of... What kind of tech are you looking at and finding exciting? If you have time to think about any other app oh. with your own. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think staying in the world of fitness, um, I'm quite excited about um, how um, Peloton and Apple and actually a small company called Lupa are uh-huh. doing digital fitness. Uh, Lupa's focus has been um, on running and mindfulness during mm-hmm. running um, and really stop worrying about performance because um, hmm. you know not everybody needs to go run for a particular time mm-hmm. and we're seeing even training plans um, so with the trainers that we work with we're seeing training plans being developed around the idea of running for time instead of running at a particular pace because mm-hmm. um, most people don't want to race most people don't want to compete yeah they just want to they just want to make sure that they um, are healthy and they're able to have fitness work for them instead of you know them having to work for fitness. Um, and so I think this um, holistic approach of like taking into account and um, your and putting you kind of on the right path um, and making sure that you know you get your daily activity in um, is probably the right approach. Yeah, I think Apple's new fitness app with those pesky rings is remarkably motivating. It's so simple, and yet 
you really like even someone like me who's an extreme. I mean, I'm a Gen Xer, so I'm extremely eye roll about everything. Um, but it it does get me to do like, all right, I will do one more five minute brisk walk for you app, you know, um, so I can close my little ring. It's it's very interesting how how those small but like really sticky things can help you just just get a little bit more in and um, I mean and and in a pretty enjoyable way. Yeah, and I think a lot of the fitness apps, um, you know, of the let's say the previous generation were about um, tracking. They were about tracking mm-hmm. your statistics, yeah. statistics and your numbers. So you already had to like come in with the mindset that I'm going to do something and I just need some help instead of like, you know, writing a log in a book, um, my phone will do it. Um, but a lot of people who want to get into fitness 